0: The M-Store, where they're all Grizz, all the time.
2: Connections are what bring us together. Whether halfway around the world or in the office next door, Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always on connections. From SD WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406 541 5000 to learn more. Blackfoot, connect to more. again. Well, sort of it is two
0: tell mine minus the two tell at least off the top but that's not how this entire show will go says two tell right Tutel? well we'll get to it but let's look at what we have in the show today if you're listening on the radio you already know it's 129 ESPN here in the great city of Missoula and around western Montana. If you're watching on TV, SWX Montana television statewide every day from 4 to 6 p.m. And if you're listening live or you want to listen live, hit the website, 1029ESPN.com. There you'll find the stream, live stream, presented to you by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank of Missoula, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to get in here, well... It's going to be a little on and off if you'll be able to, because we do have some interviews that we've already recorded earlier on in the week. Uh, but we also will have some opportunities. If you want to get a hold of us, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. You can also text that phone line. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. And if you send us a text, you know, maybe if I'm feeling good, I'll give you one of these. 2 tell Nuwana's Koozie. If you haven't heard, if you haven't been paying attention, Brian 2 He's going on a new life adventure. He's going to be out here. Oh, we'll see because he's not with me right now. But uh, tomorrow was supposed to be his last day. Sounds like we're actually going to do a grand finale show next week. It's 2020. You can connect the dots. But uh, until then, we'll check out what we got on the show. Ryan Tuttle will join us to break down NFL uh, the weekend that will be. Got some picks against the spread, some of our top most intriguing games right here off the top. Segment two. This is cool. We're able to bust it out. It's a busy kid. Soren Seabrood from Missoula Sentinel. He's a three-sport athlete. He's a senior at Sentinel. He's the captain of the Spartan State Championship football team. It's been a crazy and a pretty sweet month for this guy. He wins a state championship. He gets named first-team All-State on both sides of the ball, and then he fulfills a lifelong dream by becoming a Montana Grizz. Well, he's already rolling into basketball season, so I was able to catch him right before the show. He had to go right to basketball practice, so we busted this thing out literally 15 minutes before we went on air. But he'll join us about the 4.30 spot. Segment three, Ryan's going to break down a little bit of his um, adventure that's coming up, him and his family going on a road trip. They're going to go see the world at large. And uh, like I always tell him, the only reason I'm mad at him is because I'm jealous. Top of the hour, this is cool. we got our Coach's Corner. We're going to feature a trio of Sentinel football coaches. Dane Oliver's been the head coach at Missoula Sentinel now. Uh, for a little over a decade, and uh, or excuse me, eight years. But he's been at Sentinel for a little more than a decade, about 12 years total, head coach for eight years. And uh, Pete Joseph was the head coach before Dane Oliver from 2005 till 2012. And he spent a little bit of time in California and then came back to Missoula. And so he's been an assistant on Coach Oliver's staff for the last eight years. And then Chris Cosina, he's been an offensive line coach for the Spartans uh, for the better part of 13 seasons. A volunteer coach, a great member of this community, does it all for the kids. But those three guys had an up-close-and-personal view of building Missoula Sentinel from what it was, which was ranked as one of the most despondent and downtrodden football programs in the United States of America by Sports Illustrated, and they built that thing all the way up in less than a decade into the first Missoula high school football team to win a state championship since 1994, helping bring Sentinel its first state championship since 1972. So that'll be fun to have that conversation with those three gentlemen And then, around 5.30, we got a new Grizz Greats. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1985 National Champions. Our podcast series marches on. Got about 15, 16, maybe even 17 of those produced now out there for you. Go to grizzgreats.com or 1029ESPN.com. Click on the podcast tab. But today, our Grizz Greats guest, he hails from the mining city, Butte, America, Brian Toon. Big all big sky caliber defensive tackle for those 95 Grizzles. It was a pleasure interviewing Brian, so we'll share that with you. And then maybe I'll uh, tell you a little bit, maybe give you a little teaser uh, on what 2 tell Nuanas will become when it's not 2 tail Nuanas. It's just me, Nuanas. But it is still 2 tail Nuanas for at least the rest of this week and maybe a little bit next week as well. Well, that's what we got in the show today, and the reason I'm the one telling you, and Ryan two tells not, and if you're watching on SWX Montana television, the reason you don't see his beautiful face in the screen, well, Ryan's not here, Ryan's at home, we don't need to bore you with the why, it's 2020 after all, but he's still alive and kicking, and he is here to break down some NFL games with us. Gus, it's your birthday, you're supposed to be doing your last, or I guess second to last day of your radio show. But here you are. We're talking on the phone. But the other way, happy birthday! And uh, because it's your birthday, and you love the NFL more than anybody I know, we're kicking it off with NFL picks against the spread.
3: Well, you know what? What more birthday present could I possibly ask for than that? I was going to come in slathered in cake and 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 frosting. There's going to be a beautiful show uh, today with me on the uh, TV screen. And instead, as would be the case in 2020, I sit here in my living room doing this uh, with everybody. I, uh, I have informed my uh, tribe of children to, uh, you know, give me some distance here so we don't have, uh, you know, conflict on the radio. It is going to be my guess that at some point in the next, you know, couple of hours or whatever that, uh, you know, something breaks, somebody falls over, crying is heard. And so you're all going to just get a little window into uh, the, uh, t- the tornado of chaos that is me in my house standardly. As Kai has now run past me, 60 seconds into my, uh, uh, you know, the, the authority that I have here to tell kids to stay out of the room.
0: Well, it wouldn't be 2020 you, any other way. Let's get in these inappropriate. You want to hear
3: some real life parent? You want to hear some real life parenting? I do. I do. Let's go. Here in the hotel household. Okay. Uh, now, you know. Okay. Here
1: we go. Hey, you kids! Get on out of here! Get on out of here!
3: <laughs> How do you think that went? I mean, I see CPS are just off the hook right now.
0: Oh, man.
3: I'm just kidding, you guys, but I'm not kidding. Off you go. All right.
0: Uh, so, so let's
3: do let, picks against the spread. Yeah, let's
0: start, with, let's start with tonight's game. New England at Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Rams are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. This is an interesting game because the Rams have, I think, in a lot of ways, proven a lot of people wrong. I don't think anybody expected the Rams to be in first place in the NFC West at this point in the season, but here they are. They've won three out of four with impressive wins over the Seahawks and the Cardinals in recent weeks, as well as a good win over the Bucks as well. And the Patriots, <laughs> somehow, someway, everybody wanted to bury them and send them down the stream, but uh, they're still in the mix. I know it's a little bit of a long shot at 6-6, six and six, but just given the teams that they're chasing, particularly the Miami Dolphins and their lack of experience in this position, I don't think the Patriots are dead and gone. So what do you think of this game, Gus?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, interesting, this is a Super Bowl rematch, right, from two years ago, and we know what happened in that game. I think there was, was it one touchdown that was scored, and it was down the stretch by Tom Brady. That's right. Uh, and and Bill Belichick just, you know, said, hey, welcome to the NFL, Sean McVay. Good luck. You've got a long way to go. And Sean McVay just looked like he'd been just, in the spin cycle, when he walked across the shake, Bill's hand. At the end of that, the offensive savant had no answers, none for <laughs> uh, for that great Patriot defense. And I think Bill, you know, reveled in that. I, I, to me, you know, that is Bill Belichick's masterpiece. You Talk about the six, you know, Super Bowls that he and Tom Brady won together. That was his, and I think he, uh, I think that's his greatest performance as a coach. In my mind, is that Super Bowl, the way that they did that and how they won that game. Tonight, I think it's a little bit different, first of all, because of the Rams' defense. I think this Rams' defense is, you know, I I thought they would be good. Obviously, they have a couple elite players, but in general, they're playing really, really well. And New England, on the other side, we know that their, their struggles, their personnel offensively. Now, they've been able to manufacture some wins and stay in the hunt. And, again, I give the coaching staff not just Bill Belichick, but everybody, uh, Josh McDaniels and Cam Newton, a lot of credit for where they stand right now in general. We got this as the Rams. Are they a four or four-and-a-half point favorite? Four-and-a-half. Four-and-a-half point favorite. i, I I just can't help myself, but take Los Angeles in this spot. Mm. I, I'm, I have my questions uh, a little bit about the Rams, but they're still much bigger about the Patriots. And, and, uh, I don't know. I think this number's spot on. I think that's about right uh, in terms of what this should be. It's in Los Angeles. How much does that matter? I don't know. Maybe not at all. Maybe a little bit. If it does matter at all, it it mitigates in favor of Los Angeles. But in general, it's just a better football team than what New England has. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And even though the better coach is on the Patriots' sideline, as it always is the case, you know, McVay is is obviously a good coach in his own right, and I think that with better players, better talent, he'll find a way to uh, to get this thing done and, and and maybe even cover up that spread.
0: New England has won four out of five. You can say, Okay, a couple of those were against, you know, teams like the Jets, but regardless of the Chargers record, forty five nothing against the Chargers when you only throw the ball nineteen times is impressive. And uh yeah. I think that you got to give Bill Belichick a ton of credit because obviously he has this reputation as one of the great defensive coaches and one of the great coaches, period, in the history of the NFL – but it's been their offensive evolution that's helped the Patriots get this season back on track. I mean, early on in that Seattle game, they were trying to go up and down the field to Seahawks. And then they ended up getting stuffed on their very last possession of the game. And they lose by five and that sort of started this tailspin. And then all of a sudden they're sitting there at four or at two and four, excuse me, with another close loss. It could have been a win to the bills in a similar situation where they got stopped on the goal line. And, uh, what have they done? They basically just revamped the entire thing and said, hey, we're not going to try to throw the ball anymore. We're going to try to protect Cam Newton a little more, and we're going to try to run the ball. And that's what they did. They had three different ball carriers, 14 carries or more last week. Damian Harris has a, emerged as a legitimate option, but this is going to be strength versus strength because if the, the change that New England made to be successful is running the ball, well... The Rams are the, the third best run defense in the NFL behind the Bucks and the Saints in terms of yards per game, and they're given, They're one of only three teams in the league that's given up less than 3.5 yards per carry. So strength versus strength, uh, I would not be surprised if we're talking about the actual spread of this game. I wouldn't see, be surprised to see New England cover, but I agree with you. I think that the Rams have the inside track on winning this thing.
3: I think you're absolutely right, though, Colton. I think it's a good idea to flesh out this matchup in the in the run game of New England versus the run defense of the Rams because... In, going against what I predicted in terms of taking the Rams, I got the New England run game as a whole against any run defense because it's so multiple. I mean, they, they are probably more diverse in my mind, even than they team like the San Francisco 49ers in terms of what they do. And I include in the run game a little bit of the pass game with James White, like that short passing game that they do. It's just so lethal. And if they find the thing, which they tend to do in that run game, Man, they're they're picking up yardage in chunks with everybody from like Rex Burkhead. Sony Michelle's back. What is he going to look like? And they got you know several other guys, Jamie White, as I mentioned, in there as well. So I, I think that's going to be big. I do think I don't even know what the over under is. I'm taking the under. I mean, I think this is a low scoring football game because I don't believe in Jared Goff and I do believe in Bill Belichick. And I think New England just wants to get out there and run the ball. Interesting matchup. I'm still taking the Rams, but I think that. That is where this game is going to be won or lost, is that is that Rams run defense versus the run game of the Patriots.
0: Only 17 New England Patriots that played in that Super Bowl just two years ago remain on the roster as of right now, so that's a compelling factor. But ESPN.com today, Sean McVay said Patriots still look by and large the same to him, and I think part of that is just because of Bill Belichick. Let's take a look at Sunday's yep. games. First of all, Guess when you're looking at the board, this is kind of just the way it played out, but it's very interesting Everybody's in action this week because all, all the buys are done now, heading into week 14. So it's put-up-or-shut-up time. Seems like pretty much every team has had the at least their first encounter with the COVID. But I know it's still uh, at least a, a factor in some of these games. But you look at all these games, the Rams, the Bucks, uh, who are hosting Minnesota, the Seahawks, who are hosting the Jets, the 49ers who are hosting the Washington Football Team, and then on uh, excuse me, and then uh, the Sunday night game, the Bills who are hosting the Steelers. Those are the only five home teams that are favorites. We have road dogs in every other game on this board. W- which games of these stick out to you? A ro- road favorites in every other game. Excuse me, road favorites right? in every so, other coach, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the only home favorites, yeah. only home favorites for the Rams, Bucks, Seahawks, 49ers, and Bills. Everybody else a road favorite
3: you know the one culture that you just mentioned i think is maybe the most interesting one it's not that i think it's right or wrong it's just sort of you don't you don't see it and that's pittsburgh being an underdog pittsburgh obviously loses their very first game of the season in week 13 for crying out loud against washington now they go on the road to buffalo and they're one and a a half point favorite great matchup on the sunday nighter can't wait for pittsburgh buffalo i think it's going to be a great game i i don't know what i think about that i tend to I tend to like Pittsburgh being an underdog in just about any scenario. I really like Buffalo, uh, but Buffalo, let's put it like this. I think Pittsburgh has been, less, uh, has been maybe the most consistent team in football. Buffalo has been a lot more up and down. With that said, even while winning, Pittsburgh hasn't been, you know, it's, it's by no means been overwhelming what they've done. I, I would argue, even up until last week, that the, the one loss Kansas City Chiefs. Were a much better looking team to me than the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers in general. Even though Pittsburgh's been very consistent this year, played a lot of close games that they have found ways to win, and that is absolutely to their credit. I think it's going to be a great game in Buffalo on Sunday. Well,
0: it has been interesting the way the Steelers have been doing it because they won eleven in a row. The weaknesses of the team have not really been brought up when analyzing them. But Pittsburgh's had a hard time running the ball this year. I mean, they're only averaging three and a half yards a carry as a team. And I think I read an article on The Athletic. I mean, this COVID thing has definitely ripped apart a lot of teams in terms of having guys have to sit out. And the the varying levels of infection amongst the guys, the severity that they're suffering has been variable as well. But you got to remember that. I mean, James Conner, the lead back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, great story coming out of Pitt. I mean, he's a cancer survivor. He beat cancer. But... I mean, he's immune compromised because of that. And there was an article on The Athletic talking about how it's going to take him a little longer to get back. And I think the other thing about the Steelers, because they've been so darn good on defense, I mean, they're leading the league in rushing defense, they're leading the league in scoring defense. The two injuries that they've suffered to two of their Linebackers, two of the best young linebackers in the league, have also been kind of overshadowed. Yeah. But I mean, Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, both being out for the season with torn ACLs, that great, hurts you.
3: Great point. I mean, yeah, because both yeah, of those, both of those guys are the
0: edge guys that they need in that defense. And if you lose one and Devin White, that's or Devin Bush, excuse me, that sucks. But when you lose Dupree as well, okay, now you don't have that presence quite as much off the edge.
3: Here's another one that I, I now I'm not I'm not even picking that game by the way you'll notice that I have just completely circumvented that whole thing to not put myself on the hook because I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm excited about this game. I'm going to watch it and see kind of how it how it goes. But I want to overlay two other lines, which I found to be interesting. The Kansas City Chiefs are seven-point favorites over Miami, while the Green Bay Packers are seven-and-a-half-point favorites over Detroit. The idea that the Packers are, are – Slightly, obviously, I mean it's almost the same, but slightly more favored in their game against Detroit than Kansas City would be over Miami is on one hand a testament to the Dolphins because the Dolphins obviously are a better team than what the Detroit uh, Lions are, but I'm I'm a little bit surprised at that myself. I mean I, I I the 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 Detroit Lions you know have really been better since they have moved on from Matt Patricia. They had this nice comeback last week, albeit against the hapless Chicago Bears. But they're, you know, a five-win team or whatever it is. And particularly when you talk about covering the spread, I mean, the the, the uh, Swift is back for Detroit, and they can score. Man, they can keep up with teams with Miami. which you know, if two going to play, and all this going up against Kansas City, I don't know how they hang with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just, I'm not saying necessarily one way or the other with either game, I would just think that Kansas City would be a better favorite than in a situation like that than would Green Bay over Detroit.
0: Miami's won seven out of eight games, which to me it makes them one of the hottest Amazing. teams in the NFL. Well,
3: I mean, it's not to you. That's a fact. They are one of the hottest teams in the NFL.
0: What do you think of the actual what? matchup, though? Because what does Miami have? Miami has two of the best corners in the league. And that's, that, that's, that's what you've got to have against the Chiefs.
3: But the other thing is, I mean, who have they beat? They beat the Niners when the Niners were absolutely bottom of the barrel in terms of their personnel in the middle of the season. Yep. Then they beat the Jets. Yep. They beat the Rams, which is a great win. Really good win over the Rams, no doubt about it. They squeaked by the Cardinals by three. They beat the Chargers, who everybody beats. They lost to the Broncos, by the way, in there. And then they got back on the saddle against the Jets and Bengals. So, you know, again, the, the winning streak is great, but I'm not seeing it necessarily. Three of the first four were losses. Patriots, Bills, Seahawks, losses, all of them. Uh, the Jags is their only win in the first four. Their best win by far is the Rams, and that's a good win. Their second-best win stinks. So I, I'm still – I like the Dolphins, man. I really do. But you and I talked about this earlier this week when we were talking about buying and selling teams – we faded the Dolphins, man. The reason is is because their their schedule now with the Chiefs, Patriots, and Bills, and three of their last four is much more substantial than it has been through the the cottony soft middle of their season.
0: What do you think of the fact that the Cardinals are only a one and a half point favorite at the New York Football Giants?
3: Well. I would say it's a it's a little bit surprising to me, but obviously you talk about trends, right? The Arizona Cardinals they lost four in a row now. Yep. Uh, and Kyler Murray has not, you know, really looked all that great. I know that he's been injured. I guess he practiced in full yesterday, so that's a good sign. But the Giants have obviously been one of the teams that has improved over the year they still sit back there with Colt McCoy and you go, okay, well, can this team actually score? I mean, they they got that great win against Seattle last week, but I think most people would say, sure, it's a great win for the, the, the Giants, but really it's a terrible loss for the Seahawks. I mean, yeah. I don't think everybody's giving all the credit in the world to New York uh, you know, for what happened last week, even though, as you and I both know, Joe Judge has gotten a ton of credit for the work he's done and the improvement and the, the effort that you see on defense and all that, but they don't have the dogs. dude. They don't have the horses to get out there and play ball. Arizona should win this football game. If you're talking about you know, the two teams on the field, certainly you take the Arizona Cardinals with, as just a one-and-a-half-point favorite. But the, it, it, people are tepid right now, and reasonably so on the Arizona Cardinals because we haven't seen it out of them in a little while. And then New York, frankly, has looked better. So the fact that this is you know uh, a slight favorite for Arizona instead of something more substantial like a three, four, six, seven point uh, favorite, you know, is is maybe not surprising. If both teams play to their potential, Arizona wins this thing by a score better. But it's not clear that that's going to happen. So I, I, I think it's you know I think it's probably a fair number. And again, New York Giants, right? They want to get a little money on both sides of this thing with the with New Yorkers, you know, put money down. So you got to find somebody who's going to bet on the Cardinals here.
0: Larry Fitzgerald is out of this game with uh, COVID nineteen. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. Two tell New Orleans. are breaking down NFL games for this upcoming weekend. 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television Worldwide on the YouTube as well as on the live stream. Find the live stream at 1029ESPN.com. A couple more for you, Gus. First of all, is this a must-win for the Minnesota Vikings at Tampa Bay? And on the flip side, is it a must-win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming out of a bye week?
3: Well, it's it's a big game for both teams. I haven't gone exhaustively through the schedule to sit here and say, like I did last week uh, with, with uh, the, the, the Rams game, that that was the biggest game for both teams combined. Uh, the, the Rams Cardinals game, I think it was that I was thinking that, but this is a huge game for both of these teams. Uh, The Bucs, because they've been trending so poorly, but everybody knows the talent that they've got. And the Vikings, because they've been trending so well, but still have a bunch of work to do to make it into the postseason. The Minnesota Vikings, back to 500 after winning five of their last six. They've been on an absolutely outstanding run. They finish with this Bucs team, and then in two weeks, they're at the Saints. The other two games they have are two... Uh, uh, divisional games against the Bears and Lions, which you, you got to like the Minnesota Vikings in both of those matchups, right? Yep. So I think this this game is oddly maybe more important for Tampa than it is for Minnesota. But don't kid yourself; I mean, it's critical for the for, for the Vikings eight and eight because you know I, I would certainly take the Saints against Minnesota, especially when you talk about a rematch from the bouncing that the Saints took last year in the playoffs to Minnesota. I like the Saints there in Week 16, so. You know, if you lose tonight, and if if that you know if you were to lose to the Saints, you absolutely have to win both the games against the Bears and the Lions to have a look. Now, with the expanded playoff, I think you do have a look. But uh, you know, it's it's a huge game for both clubs. With the Buccaneers, man, you know, you lose a game to a team that has been in you know much improved, but does not have. The, the same amount of talent that you've got, which, by the way, that has been the Buccaneers' M.O. for the last month, right? I mean, that's what they're doing. They're losing to teams that are not, quote-unquote, as good as them. And so, you know, I I, uh, I think that this is, you know, a critical game for Tampa to get it. They get to 8-5 and five if they were to win and kind of reestablish themselves as, like, you know, being able to feel good about, you know, what it is that they got going on. So uh, I think this is a, a huge game uh, for, for both of them. What's the spread on this one, Coulter?
0: Vikings are six and a half point dogs. Ooh, it's a lot.
3: Yeah, I might take. I take. I might take Minnesota on that. I mean, that's a little bigger than I would have guessed. The uh, the ESPN, you know, RPI matchup predictor, or whatever, has this is a seventy seven percent in favor of the uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's also too strong. So I don't know why the metrics and the numbers are favoring the Buccaneers well, that much. Coming off a buy, it's a is, it's the know, matchup. Maybe you know part of it.
0: It's the yeah. matchup. It's the fact I mean, that Minnesota's, Minnesota's weak on the back end and Tampa Bay throws the ball over the place combined with the fact that yeah, the Bucs. Yeah, Tampa
3: Bay's weak throwing the ball over the
0: place. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, I think Mike Evans and Christian Kirk will look a lot better when they're going against the Vikings young and banged up secondary the, the, the number one reason this is what it is, though, is Tampa Bay has by far the best rush defense in the NFL. And that's the way that, in regardless of it, what Kirk Cousins is doing offensively, that's the way the Vikings have to operate. They have to run the ball first and foremost. So I think that's the number one determining factor to the spread and the win probability.
3: Well, we will, we'll see. I still like the Vikings against the number.
0: This is an interesting week across the NFL because you have a bunch of teams that I think have either inside tracks or almost certain paths to the playoffs playing a bunch of teams that are basically out of it. The only real games that have playoff ramifications for both sides are tonight's game between New England and Los Angeles. Um, Probably Minnesota and Tampa Bay, like we're breaking down. The Pittsburgh-Buffalo game, which you already mentioned. The Monday night game between Baltimore at Cleveland. That's an interesting one, given uh, the fact that the Browns have been surging and the Ravens have had all sorts of adversity to overcome. But the last game I want to ask you about, Ryan, is the indie game: uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, uh, they have been really good at times. They've been not so great at times. And it looked like their season was basically over, losing to the New York Jets a week ago, until all of a sudden Greg Williams calls an all-out blitz and Henry Ruggs scores with just seconds on the clock. And Las Vegas, their playoff hopes stay alive. On the flip side of that, I thought Indy had a a great inside track at the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they just get stomped by the Titans. Now they bounce back with a win at Houston at the Texans a week ago, uh, but this Raiders colts game it seems to me is one of the other games with playoff ramifications i I can't remember in the buy and sell did you buy or sell the raiders and what do you think of the raiders postseason prospects and what do you think of the ramifications of the postseason with this game
3: well, the Raiders are seven and five, and I am for. I think they're the team that's like right on the edge, right? I mean, if they're in, they're going to probably be in as the seventh seed in, uh, you know, in the AFC, and if they're out, then they're out, and they're probably out as the first one out when it comes right down to it. Uh, so this is a huge game for them. I think the Colts are in. I mean, the Colts are an eight win team, they're eight and four already. I don't know exactly what their schedule is down the stretch. but They're going to get a couple. I think mean, you know. I think they're them in for a ten-win team. But the way that the Raiders have been going these last couple of weeks, several weeks actually, I mean, you got to sit here and go, well, you got to like the Colts in this in this one. The Colts are a three-point favorite here, and I think that's probably about right. You know, the Raiders beat the chiefs right earlier this year. Then they played the chiefs to a four point game their second time around. And then they absolutely got undone by the Atlanta Falcons. And then they pulled one out of the fire against the jets. But I mean, that was, that was a terrible look for Las Vegas last week as well. So the Colts who've been, you know, a, a little bit up and down, but sort of trending in the right direction. The Raiders, not as much now, the matchup here, two teams that like to run the ball uh, but have weapons in the passing game as well, I like the defense of the Colts a little bit more than I like the defense of the Raiders, and I do like the Raiders' defense, but they're younger. The Colts have been an outstanding defense all season long. Well, I know that they've gone through their you know injury stuff and all that, which everybody else has uh, as well, but if I'm going to pick these two teams, it's probably going to be on the strength of the Colts that I like Indianapolis to win this thing.
0: And Josh Jacobs, his health is a question mark as well. He's questionable coming into this game. He's been in and out the last couple weeks. So then where do the Raiders turn from there? Devontae Booker, Jalen Rashad, they've both been okay. But it seems like when Jacobs is out, they just throw the ball to their big tight end. Darren Waller, who's emerged as probably the second best tight end in the NFL besides... Travis Kelsey, that's definitely going to be a game I got my eye on. I think that those are the games of the week to be sure in terms of what it means for the playoff picture. Tonight with the Rams, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. So all our primetime games are going to be big time this week. And in that morning slot, probably have my eye on Arizona at the New York Giants a little bit. And then the afternoon slot, the Minnesota-Tampa Bay game and then the Indy-Las Vegas game, those are the games I have uh, on the docket NFL picks against the spread. Hey, we'll be back next week with more because Gus is going to do one more week worth of these with us. Uh, after what? all, we got to send them up the For a whole week?
3: Oh, about that, we're gonna maybe do a day, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I can't be, can my last days over the phone for crying out loud.
0: That's right. So that, that's what I mean. I just mean, next week we're gonna do this. We're around we're this if it's on Wednesday oh, or I Thursday, whatever. Mean, whatever you you're around you be another in here. week.
3: I don't know, man. I want get the party started all by myself in my basement here, you know. I don't always see what's going on, but yeah, I guess, uh, as it is, look, 2020 is lingering, so I gotta linger a little bit too.
0: He will be lingering. He'll be back on the show in about 15 minutes. He'll be on the show most of the day today, even though he is not here physically. Two-tell nuance, New tonight. ESPN, Missoula. Hey, we got to get out. Soren Seabrood, Missoula Sentinel Sr. He committed to the Grizz last week to cap an epic month. State championship, multiple first-team All-State accolades. Now, a dream come true. Soren Seabrood, Missoula Sentinel Sr., future Montana Grizzly, next. to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula. It's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home, even when you're not. Strange times is the title of the song, and God, if that's not true, this day it is. Two tall to want us, 129 ESPN Missoula. Stay wide, SWX Montana Television. Around the planet Earth on both our YouTube channel as well as the listen live tab. You can find us anywhere, anytime. All you gotta do is go to one hundred ESPN.com. Click on that listen live tab, and you can hear this show or any other content on ESPN radio. If you want to find us on social media, you can hit up hit us up on Facebook, Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. You can also find us on Twitter at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT at Gus you might notice if you're watching SWX, guess is not here. Coulter Nguyen is steering you home. Uh, it is 2020. You didn't come here to hear about any of that. I promise you that. So we'll keep on rolling through the show. In just a minute, we're going to hear from New Grizz commit Soren Sievert. He's a senior at Missoula Sentinel, a state champion in football, a two, uh, two-way player, uh, first team All-State on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, gave his commitment to Montana last week. Been a thrilling week for or a thrilling month, I should say, for him. A state championship, multiple all state accolades, and now a chance to play for his hometown Grizzlies. Hey, what if there's a place where you could walk in, get physical therapy, pay a flat fee, and feel better? Well, there is. Physiotrek in Missoula is Missoula's only walk in physical therapy office. Physiotrek offers physical therapy on your time with a flat fee so you can feel better. No need for referrals for insurance. Just go to Physiotrek.com, book your appointment, and feel better today. You know you've been wanting to try dry needling or to see if some specific stretches would help you. Now you can do that now at Physiotrek. Visit Physiotrek.com and book in-clinic or telehealth appointment today. That's Physiotrek.com. Sort of see-vrood. rude. All right, we go now to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in multiple sport athlete for the Sentinel Spartans and a recently anointed state championship football player. And the latest news, one of the most recent commitments to the Montana Grizzly football team. He is Soren Seerud. Soren, thanks so much for joining us. It's been an eventful last month for you. How you doing, man? You must be feeling pretty good right now. Good. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really
1: exciting last couple of weeks and, uh, um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to commit this, this past week. So, uh, I'm just
0: really excited for the future. We'll get to the commitment because that is the news hook here, and it's, aw- it's an awesome deal, especially with all these Missoula guys, yourself, Cameron Sermon. Uh, Levi Janet Carroll, Coulter Janet Carroll, excuse me, I committed to the Grizz recently. But first of all, we got to talk about this state championship. I tried to find you on the field in Billings, but it was such a pandemonium celebration. But, man, that must have <laughs> felt good to celebrate with all your teammates. So when that final seconds were wearing down, I mean, you had that great third down conversion to basically seal the game, and then the clock ticks and it hits zero. You guys are state champions. What was that moment like for you and your teammates? Uh, it was so suffering ill. Um...
1: It's Just exciting, but I mean, those last he plays—it just actually hits you that, uh, you're, you're a state champion and all that work you put in the last four years together. Um, that's the product that, that you see is um, state champs, and it was just uh, the parents and fans rushed out, rushed down to the field after the game, and oh god, we were all on top of the world. It was the best thing ever, and um, it's something that hadn't been done at Sentinel for a long time. So obviously, the, everyone was super excited and. Um, It was just something I'll never forget, and it was something that I've been working for my entire life.
0: It was so cool, too, because you guys had rolled through the competition, never really tested. I know you had some moments of adversity, but in that game, a stout test, and it seemed like every single guy that was a key contributor as a senior on this team had to step up. I mean, Billings West has this – Awesome defensive line. Dylan Rollins gets challenged for the first time like he never has before. I know Geno Leonard had to shake off a couple snaps early, but then he settled in. Jace Klusiewicz comes up with the two picks down the end, and Dayton Bay throws a couple touchdowns. Camden Sermon uh, with a a couple big runs. Donovan South with the great kick return, and then you in the Mm. game with that third down run. Just to be able to actually break through it and prove that you could overcome those adverse moments too, that must have been pretty special for you and your teammates. Absolutely, yeah. we I mean, a great
1: team, and you know, We hadn't really faced someone like that that uh, could really be a test to us. So, um, like you said, we had a lot of guys step up, and we knew when those big when those big moments came that we had to play our best. And, and I think on season long, we weren't We knew that at some point we were probably going to have a little bit of a little bit of adversity, and we needed guys to step up and to play. So um, you're just. All these seniors, you know, we've been working together for so long that when those when the time came, uh, I think we were all prepared and um, we were able to finish out a good uh, West team. Because man, they uh, they came out they came out strong and um, kind of punched us in the mouth. And we were like, "Whoa, uh, this isn't going to be a cakewalk first state championship. We're we're going to have to earn it." And I think that even made it more special to to have a really grounded out game and to be able to finish on top like that.
0: Soren Siever joining us. He's a senior at Missoula Sentinel. And, Soren, you only get to celebrate being a state championship for a couple of weeks. I know we had you in here for the ESPN roundtable leading up to the championship game. And I asked you, yep. what's your college plans? And you said, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. Maybe Washington State, maybe stay home. But here in the last couple of weeks, yep. a new opportunity for you. And you announced your commitment to the University of Montana. So take us through the recruiting process. How did it all come together? What's uh, making you want to become a Grizz?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been talking to coaches for a while, and um, but really just could not make a solid decision, and uh, I, w- I wanted to really put my focus on the, my high school season, and uh, hopefully end up with a state championship. So after we did that, I could kind of put all my focus on what my future would be if it involved football, if I if I didn't play. Um, but like like I said, when when four of your teammates and best friends commit, kind of made it easy for me to be like, well. I mean, these are the guys that I've been working with, and um, it'd it make it even more special to be able to go to the next level with them. So uh, when Gino, Jace, TJ, and Cam all committed, um, I mean, that's just an opportunity that I had to jump at, and I'm just super excited because I've been a fan for so long, growing up, going to games. i we had season tickets and um, just being a hometown time boy. It's, I, mean, it's, uh, I mean, I was just so excited to have the chance and I'm excited to get it all I got.
0: First team all-state selection at both running back and outside linebacker. What position are you thinking of in, in college or what position does the coaching staff see for you?
1: Uh, I think now I'm starting at defensive back. Uh, my, my position on defense is uh, kind of a safety linebacker hybrid, but I think I can adjust well to, in, in college and um, honestly, I'm in a red shirt for sure and uh, those first couple of years you're there anyway, you're just kind of didn't fit into molded into spots, so um, wherever I end up, I end up, but uh, I see our, our whole team kind of uh swept the all state and all conference selection board uh just because that speaks to what we've done uh everybody's um, everybody contributed and. It's hard to see our stats really pop out at you because we're able to spread the ball around so much. And same thing on the defensive side of the ball, we don't get a lot of snaps because, first of all, we don't we don't really play a full game often, and second of all, we had a lot of three and outs. So.
0: The Sentinel program in general, I, earlier, uh, or I guess later on in this show, we'll hear from Dane Oliver, Chris Cosina, and Pete Joseph, three guys that have been there for the building of this thing and the rebuilding of Sentinel football into this power. But mm-hmm. Sentinel's become a hotspot in terms of recruiting. They, they produced college-level guys for both uh, the Bobcats and the Grizzlies over the last handful of years. What about the Sentinel program? Yep. Is getting you guys ready to go play at the college level. Yeah, those, those
1: coaches, Coach Oliver, Coach Joseph, and Coach Kosina, and the rest of the staff have done an incredible job, and it's 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 been a long time. It's been a long rebuild, but I think they've finally gotten this program to the point where um, kids want to be a part of it. And so, yeah, we've gotten recruits the past couple of years, and I don't think that's just the way it is. That I mean, that I don't think that's a negative thing to have kids that want to jump on board and be a part of a team that's wants to go compete for state championships every year. And uh, that's what they've done. So um, creating a new culture is kind of what our I mean, my class's whole plan was to um, win a state championship and leave a legacy and culture that goes on for the the classes behind us. So, um, I mean, those guys have done an incredible job, and I I don't blame kids for wanting to join this team and this coaching staff. It's, It's pretty special.
0: And now you join the Montana Grizzly program that's had a lot of tradition, a lot of wins over the years. I know Bobby Halk back at the helm; he's really trying to, as he always says, RTD, return this thing to dominance. So, what's your perspective on the team yep. you're now about to join?
1: Um, you just said it. But, I mean, he's I mean, he wants to compete for championships every year, and uh, that's his expectation. And um, I've um, I've <laughs> I've had Grizz football in my blood my whole life, so. Uh, I'm just going to try and carry on the championship mentality that I had in high school with, with my teammates, and I know he's going to spe- expect a lot from the team, and um, we're just going gonna to give it all we got, and we know it's going to be a lot of hard work, but hopefully in two years we'll be We'll be competing.
0: Before you do any of that, though, you get to enjoy the rest of your senior year at high school, so give us the lowdown. Now. New basketball coach and Coach Mackey at Sentinel, yep. and uh, I know it's been forever, but Sentinel still is the state track champion, the defending state track champions. It's been a long <laughs> time since there was actual track competed in, uh, but are, are you going to participate in both sports here the rest of your senior year, and what, what are you looking forward to for both basketball and track to finish out your high school sporting career? Yeah, it was
1: really it was cool for Sentinel to get a Boys cross country's championship, a golf championship, and a football championship. But uh, now I'm taking it to the court and the track, and um, I mean I have a lot of fun everywhere. Football is my main my main sport, but uh, just to be able to do the, I'm lucky enough through COVID to be able to play basketball this year is really fun. And I know we got a good team, and um, I just enjoy all my friends and everything. So uh, there's a, I got a lot more high school experience to have before I go on and move on to
0: the Chris. Well, I know I speak for everybody out there listening. Enjoy it while it lasts, man. It's the best time of your life. Soren Seabrood, Missoula Sentinel Senior. Hey, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Colter.
2: Connections are what bring us together, whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome
0: back, Two tell Nuanas. Minus the Two Tail, kind of. He's just not in studio. We did record a lot of stuff today, so he's still a part of the show. It's live radio, kind of, but mostly. Colder Nuanas, live right now on 1029 ESPN, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television and around the planet Earth on both YouTube and the Listen Live Stream. Listen Live Stream can be found at 1029ESPN.com. Listen Live is presented by Opportunity Bank of Missoula. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. I've been asking Ryan what he's doing for his, uh, (laughs) call it retirement, midlife crisis, adventure. spin it however you want. If you haven't been paying attention, he's out. He uh, might do a show or two next week because he wants to have a grand finale in the studio. We will not have shows at all the last two weeks of 2020 as I gear up to uh, bring you something As old as time and brand spanking new all at the same time, but we're going to keep charging forward four to six every single day right here on your radio airwaves, right here on your TV airwaves. But I've been asking Ryan what he's doing. He hasn't given me a straight answer, so we're going to make him tell us about it on the radio. We go back to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. That's weird because he is the co-host of the show. In fact, it's his show. I just participate. But... It's, it's 2020. To be a
3: guest on my own show.
0: <laughs> no, you're leading the way from the couch. I'm just steering the ship because, uh, you know, it's, just, it's it's my it's my day to steer. You always drive. Oh well, you get these close back. contacts,
3: and then you gotta yeah, you gotta sit here and you know be do the right thing and keep your distance and not put other people in harm's way and all that. And you know, I must say, much as I love being in the studio, I have this very comfortable. Davenport that I get a, you know, slot lounge in right here and do this. So this is, I mean, as, as hard a work as it normally is for me to do the radio two hours a day, I've really backed off the hammer a little bit today sitting in this couch on my birthday. doing This is great.
0: Here's what I want to do. I have been curious for months now about the potential details of The two-tell adventure, and every time I ask you, you always tell me the same thing. You said there is no plan, I have no idea what I'm doing, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. We want to have no plan, we want to have no destination, we want to have nothing besides an open highway, a full tank of gas, some Cheez-Its, and whatever else the kids might want to snack on. But you have to have some sort of dream. So I don't know. I know you have no tangible plan. You never will. It's not the way you, you roll. But I want to know the dream. Like, if you could do this in any form or fashion, if there was no weather uh, in the way, if there was nothing in your way, no obstacles, what is the dream trip for the Two-Tail Clan?
3: Yeah. Well, a good question. And again, I mean, I, I realize not everybody's listening all the time or, you know, popping in and out or maybe been out of town or whatever it is. Friends of the show, people listening, to stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of people are still just getting up to speed, That this is my last week, which is turning into, maybe not quite my last week since I may do, you know, a day or two to next week when I can actually be back in the studio. Uh, you know, cause I don't want to go out like that. You know what I mean? I can't go out like that, but, uh, you know, we uh, uh, Tina, my wife, and I. Uh, that sounded like three people. Tina is my wife, so just so we're clear, it wasn't until somebody named Tina, and then my wife and myself, <laughs> and you know, some triangular deal. That's not, you know, I'm not into that. So anyway, uh, but my wife and I, we we uh, you know had have had for a long time, like this idea, this this thought. Uh, I wouldn't even call it necessarily a, well, certainly not a plan, but just like, hey, man, wouldn't it be Great if we if the opportunity arose, uh, you know, to to take our kids, especially while they're young, you know, three, five, and eight. My kids are right now, uh, to you know, on a little you know tour or maybe a big tour around, uh, you know, around the United States and beyond, if if, if possible. And, uh, and just sort of go see it. I mean, you got one shot at this thing, right? Then, so, you know, what, how are you going to use the time that you've got? And for us, you know, the, the traveling, uh, spirit has always sort of been something that's important to us and something that we've been fortunate to be able to do. And so, yeah, we've sold the house or I guess it is in, you know, it's in the process of being sold under contract as they say in the biz. And, uh, Got a truck, got a uh, a pretty doggone big RV pull behind trailer that is uh, still in uh, the manufacturing uh, mode. It's not here yet, but it's on its way, and we're gonna load that thing up and we're gonna drive around the country. Now you said, provided, you know, what would we do if there if we could just call our shot, Colter? Uh, as we all know, that ain't possible right now, right? right? I mean, I'm sitting here at my house for crying out loud, so. Part of the not having a plan is, okay, you can say fly by the seat of your pants, a little bit of the, you know, the the wanderlust and that, but also part of it is just the logistics of we don't really know where is going to be, you know, a a great place to go, especially early on. I mean, we all are sitting here uh, with, with with hope and optimism and even expectation that we're going to be on the other side of this COVID deal sooner rather than later, and, and you know, we, we look forward to that. Uh but also there's some great wide open spaces, especially in the West, as we know. I mean that's what's so great about Montana, right? You can go get lost in a hurry. And so at least initially I think, you know, finding some places to uh uh, uh camp to be and, and uh uh you know to and to see some things, you know, to go to some state parks, you know, maybe hit a Grand Canyon. Now I, I'm not I'm not a snowbird. I love the snow. I love skiing, my kids love to ski with me and all that. Camping, though, does lend itself to maybe a little bit more sunshine, maybe, a, a, a you know, above freezing temperatures where you can actually put water in the RV and take a shower if you need to or drink out of the uh, sink and all that. So, you know, we're presumably going to go uh, south at least, you know, initially here and maybe check some things out in the southwest and all that. And, you know, we got a bunch of family and friends all over and, and we're going to try and you know, again, think through this thing in the most, uh, you know, the kind of the safest way that we can of who we, we can see or how, or how we'd be able to maybe see a couple people and, you know, in a, in a safe way. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully when we get on the other side of this thing, maybe full on start really going to tour and seeing a bunch of family and friends and maybe some of the more, you know, urban centers of the country, uh, go to DC, see some of that, go to Mobile, Alabama, you know, go see some of the history of the country and, learn it for yourself and, and teach the kids. And, and also, you know, for us, especially it's a, maybe an opening of a window to some extent for, for the kiddos, Uh, my youngest son and even my middle kid child, you know, they're kind of along for the ride. How much will they retain? I don't know, but it's going to be fun. And I think that it'll, you know, be an invitation into a lot of opportunities or perspectives, you know, in in their future. And even for, for Tina and I as well. So that's kind of, I don't know if you could say there's a motive behind it. I don't know if there is. I think it's just uh, the excitement of seeing what's out there. And so that's something that we've wanted to do for a long time. And and we're very, very fortunate to be able to do it, man. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of people. uh, In fact, most people uh, wouldn't even have the possibility to do something like this. So, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, we're in a, in, in a spot, you know, with selling our house and all that, that we can, you know, kind of pull this off for a little while is, is really we're very, very fortunate, very grateful to be able to do something like this. And, you know, and maybe it goes terrible or maybe it goes great or maybe it's, you know, some of both depending on the day, which is probably the most likely, you know, scenario. But that's, that is a rough sketch of it. I will say uh, we are uh, going to launch a YouTube channel. And uh, probably like an Instagram to at least sort of document this, if for no other reason than our own selves. But we're certainly happy to have people, you know, check that out and check in on us and where we are, what we're up to. Uh, we have not put that live yet, and, and we're sort of still. In the early stages of developing exactly what that's going to be and how we're going to go about, you know, uh, uh, you know, telling the story, so to speak. But uh, that's going to be out there, and hopefully, if people you know want to want to check in and and uh, have some fun with us on the road, then then that would be one way to do it.
0: Two new newanas one two nine ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television is there something you've been you've traveled a lot you've been a lot all over the world is there something in the united states of america though that you have not seen that you want to see like a national park a national monument some sort of museum or some sort of scenic outlook anything like that
3: oh gosh man i, mean, I, mean, I have been fortunate to be like if you talk about the number to most of the states i don't know what about maybe 40 or something like that 38 40 even with that i've been Almost nowhere in America. I mean, it's a huge country that we're in and there's so much to see. And there's, uh, I mean, so very much that I have not seen one place I've always wanted to go. that I've never been is Zion national park. I've been to the grand Canyon, but I've never been to Zion. So that is, is—it's pretty high on my list to get in there and go, go on some walks and check out the, the, the rock work and all of that stuff in, in Southern Utah is, I mean, for anybody that's been there in Northern Arizona, that, is a whole, uh, it is a, an alien scape you know, of the highest order and it is spectacular, beautiful. And so some of those parks, I mean, if you're like, well, this is just what we're driving through. What would the actual preserved national park look like? That would be awesome. So I'm definitely high on that regionally. I have spent a little, but only a very little time in kind of the, the South. And I know, you know, okay, you know, what's, what's, you know, what's Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, you know, got for you. I don't know. I think there's going to be some great food. Colty, you know me. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to eat, eat my way around the country. You well, know duh. what I mean? Find, take me, find me the best burrito, find me the best barbecue, find me the best, you know, what? maybe a little seafood, whatever we can get into. So, I mean, it might just be, uh, you know, go to the Food Network map and start connecting those dots for me and then see what, what, what kind of pizza I can get, get, get my hands on. So that's also, I mean, shoot. There's a... Uh, there's a, of, there's a lot of great food out there. you got to have some of that, sample the goods.
0: Well, if you do find yourself in the Southwest and you find yourself in my homeland, northern Arizona, Sedona, first of all, you need to go to Sedona. Yes. Even if you can't even go any into any public place, you just need to go there to look at the Red Rocks and feel the mystique. It's one of the great places on Earth when uh, they talk about the vortex. It's one of the pe- places that makes you believe it, the energy of a place that exists. But if you do find yourself there, Go to El Ring Con. Great, great Mexican food. And uh, you can sit outside. Okay. I'm sure it'll be pleasant. And, uh, you know, I'll, I maybe I'll, I'll even pass along my aunt who works there's name, and maybe she'll give you some free salsa or something like that.
3: Oh, man. You know, now the only way to get better than good food is to get it for free. Uh, uh, that's you right. You and I both know that. I'm living on gift cards here. It's the greatest thing in the world. And, I mean, shoot, let's crowdsource this thing. At Gus Hotel. give me your best. You know, by state, by region food places, man. I gotta know. I mean, you can look this stuff up, but it's always (laughs) better to get a recommend from a friend, you know what I mean? So help me out here a little bit.
0: Next guy, Fieri, Gus (laughs) Tutel. Yeah. (laughs) Tutel Nuanas, we will have more with Gus Tutel. Well, until he hits the road. (laughs) Who knows when that will be? That's the most plan I've gotten out of him. Tutel Nuanas. Hey we're late we got a sweet interview coming up for you next though missoula sentinel once upon a time not that long ago considered one of the most downtrodden football programs in america from pete joseph taking over in 2005 to the spartans winning their first state title in 48 years this pre- this last football season the rebuilding has been epic three men that had a front row seat in that rebuild join us next